Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. We are once again in our pre-group mission segment here with uh, Kleinenstern, Micah, and we will go ahead and kind of do a little bit of that dead time, downtime stuff. Uh, most of it will be breezed over, but we want to kind of combine all of it together so there's a little bit more cohesion since we are using an active timeline. Uh, and you can see that timeline if you visit our website, www.theadventuringguild.com slash chaosplan. So we will go ahead and get started. Uh, you guys had just returned, Klein, from the uh, mission in Silverleaf and had returned, got paid your 200 gold pieces after, I'm sure, rolling around in that pile of money, uh, changing it all for <laughs> coppers, of course, so that you could have more to roll around in. Absolutely, we're going to Scrooge McDuck this. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, yes. So, um, after being paid and everything, you guys are exhausted mentally, physically, possibly emotionally after that giant roller coaster of shrinking and growing and being given a uh, gold leaf from a doom staff, which uh, you, knowing a little bit about the Dresden Files and the Black Staff, probably don't have the best feeling about this individual. Um, no, I, I hear I hear I hear things like like Doom Staff and Dark Willow and I'm like <laughs> No <laughs> Okay. So you're able to then collapse into your rooms as soon as you get up there. You sleep through the night, almost missing uh, almost missing uh, the first morning meal, breakfast, but I'll definitely in time. Breakfast with the hobbits. Exactly, yes, I was going to say, but you definitely made it in time for second breakfast. Uh, so you're able to get up and moving and whatnot, and you notice that there is a small missive underneath your door, uh, slipped underneath, some sort of note. Oh, okay, what's this? I'll pick it up and, I guess, you know, smell it and... Uh... <laughs> feel it, kind of shake it a little bit. Yeah. I don't actually have detect magic, which I would be terrified to use in this building anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, anything odd or peculiar about it, or did it just look like just a random, you know, memo from guild staff? Yeah, other than the slight teeth marks that were, uh, because it was probably carried up here by some sort of animal messenger, so other than the slight teeth marks on it, it looks like a fairly normal Memo that you would get, just folded in half with a, uh, you know, a small tab on it to kind of seal it shut. I guess I'll very, very cautiously, just on the off chance that you know they have something like a howler here, <laughs> carefully open it and peek inside. Okay, you open up the missive, and uh, written on the inside is. Uh, one of the masters, I'll go ahead and let you decide the name, if you'd like, of that master that first trained you. Aldari. Aldari. All right, let me make that note. Okay, so this missive is from Aldari, 
he says that he was very pleased to hear about your exploits in the uh, Silverleaf region up there by the Farsight Tower. He is a little bit concerned um, if you got involved with the Harples and uh, just mentioned that they are not exactly the nicest of mage families uh, and to be on your guard around them. Uh, you never know what they're going to do or who they're going to piss off next, so you don't want to have too close associations with them. Uh, and he says, if you do get bored at any time and want to talk more or show some of those crazy magics that you can do, to come and find him uh, down in the training rooms of the tower. Well, I figure since today is a bright, shining new day, and uh, I'm still alive after fighting tiny bugbears. <laughs> tiny bugbears. Bug-sized bugbears. <laughs> Bug-sized bugbears. Uh, I, I suppose I will take him up on his offer and I'll head to the training room to see if I can't bump into him. Would you stop anywhere on your way, pick up breakfast, or visit any of the other levels, uh, stores, shops, spell chambers, anything like that? I probably, knowing that I'm heading down to see Master Aldari, will not want to be down there on an empty stomach, so I would probably swing by the cafeteria, kitchen, commons, wherever, and uh, you at least get a biscuit in my belly. Okay, yeah. Every single residential floor, uh, and I use the term floor very loosely because these rooms move places frequently, um, there is kind of a kitchen-type access uh, to on each of these floors, so you're able to swing in real quick. Uh, you grab a biscuit or uh, any of the wonderful other foods that they have there, uh, being as they cater to all different uh, races and whatnot and cultures, they have a wide variety of food, uh, all summoned oh, in. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to see if I can get my hands on a toaster strudel. Funny you should mention that. Just as you thought, God, a toaster strudel would be wonderful. All of a sudden, out of one of these small, I don't want to call them like vending machine type holes, but you know, out of one of these um, type alcoves, uh, where food is set, uh, a hot, fresh toaster pastry is sitting there, and there's even the little packet of the frosting um, sitting next to it, not actually opened and on there, but like just sitting there next to it. So you get the thrill of doing that yourself. I will, I will savor this moment and make sure that I have pristinely strudled the 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 the, the frosting completely inexpertly, by the way. Because <laughs> You can never make it look like the commercials. Nope. So I'll get that get that smeared on there, and I will make sure that I have at least half of it left that I'm still eating on as I walk through the the, the door into the training room. Okay. As you go to leave the uh, cafeteria there, you get that odd thought in your mind about, God, at least I didn't ask for a Hot Pocket, and you think all of a sudden you notice a Hot Pocket appear in one of those that some very unwary individual may end up grabbing on accident. So you... I'm going to... I'm going to make a note that that is a thing that I can do. <laughs> yes. You do notice that several of the other people there are kind of doing a lot of the same thing. You see a couple of them, you know, scratching their chins for a while and then walking up to one of the alcoves where a, mirror, or where a meal has just appeared and uh, grabbing it off of the uh, alcove-type area there. So you make your way then down to the training area, uh, almost as if summoned or that he knew that you were coming. Right as you were kind of in that main chamber with all of the doors, he walks out of one of the hallways and says, Oh, I'm glad I saw you. I was a little bit worried that I wasn't going to be able to catch you uh, before you left on your next wild adventure to God's nowhere. Well, so, sir, I, I came down as soon as I read your note and got some tasty foods. I always enjoy what, whatever time I can 
can, can get with you, you uh, seem to be one of the more open-minded individuals that I've run into around here, and so I always value your counsel. After seeing as many of the strange powers and students as I have, you definitely have to come with an open mind if you're going to get anywhere here. But I am glad you uh, showed up. I actually was a little bit concerned. I know that you're not from around this area that much, or that at all, I guess, for that matter. And I was a little bit concerned with uh, your dealings with the Harples. They are not exactly the best of mage families, as you read in that missive I sent. Indeed I did, although I I kind of got a, a, a little bit of a, a notion when, you know, we were summoned up there and we were talked to through a moving statue as opposed to, you know, being greeted in person for something that seems so important. Although I can't say I, I doubt they're any better or worse than the, uh, uh, who are they, the, the, the Darkstaffs? Doomstaffs. The Doomstaffs. Yeah, he chuckles a little bit at that and says, yeah, all of those big-name mage families are not ones that you really want to have many dealings with. Uh, anybody... Like the Malfoys. What's that? Is it like the Malfoys? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, he wouldn't know that, but meta, yes, exactly. Uh, he would talk a little bit about the history of the Harples, about how they are one of those mage families that rose to prestige uh, after recovering some very valuable uh, lost-to-time spellbooks and artifacts. And it is through this great wealth, and I don't want to call it selective breeding, but you know, making sure that powerful mages of the family line marry into other powerful mage families, that they're kind of able to hold on to their power and prestige. Um, he says he's not even allowed to really meet with them and talk in person, uh, unless they coincidentally meet somewhere. Because uh, that family doesn't deal with anybody uh, short of archmages. Just period, end of story. They have no dealings with even the headmasters of the schools. Ah, they're those kind. Yeah, don't worry, you, you don't have to worry about me. I am uh, none too fond of individuals like that myself. People who uh, think more highly of, of themselves because they have a little bit of something special uh, really rubbing the wrong way. Okay. He's very glad to hear that. He does say they'll be very careful. Now that you've had one business dealing with them, they will likely call upon you again in the future, and money is something they have to throw around, and they aren't afraid to flaunt it to enlist the aid of those they know will work for them. That is, this is good information to know. I, uh, I thank you for your advice. Okay. He then uh, basically just small talk, uh, you know, ask how your training is going, if you're adjusting to life here in the big city, um, and if you have worked out any new crazy spells that won't potentially wreck the wards on the spell chambers. Uh, not yet, but I think I've got some stuff in the works. Um, hopefully it doesn't get too too crazy, but uh, like I said, being as, as new to magic as I am, I'm, I'm not sure I can really push anything out that's going to be too terrifying quite yet. <laughs> With that, he looks a little bit at you, and, and he's not actually wearing spectacles, but he gives you that over-the-glasses look that says, well, should you do decide to cut loose in one of these spell chambers, please find me first. As a master of abjuration, I would be a little bit better equipped to handle any overloads that the wards may incur. You can count on it. If, no, <laughs> if for no other reason than uh then maybe, I, you know, if I'm working on something really, really tricky, I'm sure your 
advice in keeping things contained would be more than invaluable. Okay, he then kind of nods to you and uh, wishes you a good day. I guess he asks if you have anything else really to, to talk to him about. Um, I will ask him, just kind of on a whim, uh, where I can find some of the better star charts for the area. Oh, yeah. Uh, for star charts, he mentions that the divination, um, I guess, department or the divination school would be one of the better areas to ask. Otherwise, there are several merchants in town that do deal in those kind of things. Um, sailors use star charts um, very frequently to navigate by, and so they would also have, if you go down to the docks area, they may have some more up-to-date star charts um, kind of by the season for um, sailors and whatnot to use. Otherwise, uh, divination or one of the merchants in town would be your best bet. I'll probably... Uh Thank you, sir. Your uh, advice is, once again, always invaluable, and uh, I look forward to bumping into you again. Okay, he uh, shakes your hand and says he's going to go up to the uh, kitchen's area and get breakfast himself. He can smell something delicious uh, when you walked I'll into the him. room. I'll just, I'll just warn him, don't eat the Hot Pocket. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he looks at you uh, a little bit oddly, but... Um, says he'll remember that. You'll, you'll know it when you see it. Just, just trust me on this one. <laughs> okay. And from there, he departs. Where, what would you like to do from here, then? Um, I think rather, you know, just kind of get a feel for, once again, you know, wanted to make sure I do things right rather than just running off into town and, you know, splurging on the most outlandish uh, Star Atlas I can find. I will first see what resources are available more on hand here. So I'll head over to the uh, Divination Wing and see what I can learn about things there. Okay, you go to head over to the Divination Wing and right as you go to grab a hold of the door uh, handle, uh, not really like a knob or anything, but kind of the handle to open up the door to that wing, um, at the very elderly looking woman very stooped uh, opens up the door and uh, just points down the hall uh, and beckons you kind of with a hand um okay can I help you she says follow me we both know what you're coming for okay do you like mm-hmm. cluing me in well you're here for star charts I started walking here just a minute ago once you made the decision that you needed one and were going to check with us first. Well, that's incredibly convenient and not more than a little off-putting. Lead the way. <laughs> she does kind of look at you, and as you're walking down the hall, she says, Well, what did you expect? We are divinators here. Or we are diviners here. I was just you know, expecting you to deal with things a little more uh, uh, off in the distance. <laughs> That's rather funny coming from somebody like you who has all of the knowledge of what this kind of thing does. I mean, I believe we, in one possible future, you're talking about some sort of Hogwarts school or something. Exactly. Like, come now, come now, no, tur- no time to stammer. And she leads you down several doors uh, until she gets to one that appears to be her 
office, for lack of a better term. Uh, she opens up the door to it, and inside of it, you see all manner of divining-type objects. You see bowls, you see cups, you see crystal balls, you see smoke-filled mirrors. All those kinds of things are just all over the place here. And you notice on the back wall, there is an entire rack of scroll, uh, rolled scrolls of parchment. Um, she says, Now, I can only tell a certain amount, but I know that you're here for one of these star charts. I just need to know which. Uh, you haven't had the chance to make the decision yet, so I will go ahead and let you know what you can take. I can give you a star chart that is accurate for this season. Uh, you will have to turn it in then and replace it each season. I can give you a general star chart with a small dial-like uh or with a small chart around the outside that kind of aligns with the different positions of the season so you can get a rough idea of what changes will happen. Or I can give you a star chart for the first of the year, where every year at the very first day, all of these line up to that exact specification. Uh, you would then have to make any kind of changes yourself. This is better for if you want to just have a general idea of the constellations themselves. Which of these would you prefer? Um, I think, honestly, starting off, just to get a general idea of the constellations, you know, what they are, where their general position in relation to each other is, uh, I'm, I'm not so concerned about their relationship to the, you know, the, I, I almost said the Earth. <laughs> you know what, let's just do it. I'm, I'm not too overly concerned with their position in relation to the Earth right now so much as, you know, just their relationships with each other. Okay, so she goes to the back wall then, and she pulls out um, a, not a worn map per se, but, or a worn scroll per se, but definitely a scroll that has seen a lot of use. And uh, she unfurls it, it's not very big, um, about the size of your forearm long uh, and about as wide. Uh, and she... Uh, hands it to you unfurled and says, This will show you what all the names of the constellations are and their relative position to the first of the year. Excellent. I think I think this will uh, get me started on whatever may be coming my way. Okay, she says, Well, then when you get done with it, please return it here. If I don't come to the door to get it from you, one of the others will... Just tell her. Just tell whoever answers to give it to Nemin, and they will return it to me. Very well, Miss Nemin. Okay, now go on your way. You have some observatory thing to do now, I believe. Uh, do what? Say that what else? But you, you know, you're going to go explore some sort of observatory type thing to check out the stars. Now go, go, go. This is news to me. <laughs> and and she just <laughs> kind of shoes you out the door. Remind me to pick up a scroll of not detection. <laughs> uh, another hand holds out a scroll as you pass by the door. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just hand it back. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So then, do you leave the divination area? Yeah, I think I'll I'll, I'll leave there and uh, I'll go find somewhere quiet to uh, study the chart until nightfall. Okay. Or I guess until until. Until I get a little bit further on and go, it's like I, I'll study it until I kind of notice that the shadows are growing long, and then at that point I'll start making my way out of town. Yeah, you are very easily able to find kind of a quiet nook in uh, one of the various study rooms 
uh, within the mage's tower itself, and you're able to uh, work away uh, at a couple of different times. Uh, different servants would pop in and light the fires, you know, and bring you something to drink uh, or something to eat if you needed. And uh, you do notice that uh, after several hours of study, the shadows do begin to grow long, and uh, it is definitely into the evening. All right, so at that point, I'll uh, roll up the chart and stick it in my uh, satchel, make sure that I've got a, an evening meal and at least a bedroll, and head out towards the outer gates of the city. Okay. As you go to grab that meal, you notice that that Hot Pocket that you mysteriously created had a single bite out of it, and it was put back. Um, you don't know what poor soul did that, but uh, you can definitely tell that they're going to be in the latrines for the uh, rest of the afternoon. So you <laughs> are able then to... They'll just, picture, they'll just picture a Hot Pocket with the words, I'm sorry, burned into the crust. <laughs> <laughs> That's epic. Okay, so you are then able to uh, grab everything you need and you head towards the city gates. Uh, would you talk to anybody along the way, um, stop to look at anything, or would you head straight out uh, towards the gates without really talking to anybody? I've got a goal in mind. I don't want to get sidetracked. I don't know any of these people. I, I'm still not entirely sure of myself. This is, you know going out on my own like this is not something I've really done before so I'm just going to kind of you know do what I've seen in all of the all all of the uh, the, the movies just you know keep my head down and soldier forward and not make eye contact with anybody okay what gates would you leave out of would you go out of the north the east or the west gates i think i would go out of the east gates and then head south okay. from there towards the uh that, 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 that southern lighthouse. Okay, the one with the forest around it, or kind of the more bare one? The more bare one. Okay. I feel like tree, trees trees, trees only serve as obstruction to the stars. Okay, then you head to the closer of the two lighthouses, um, uh, out of the south gates then, I guess. Um, would you yeah. then, um, how far would you go? Would you try to go to the lighthouse itself, or just kind of in between somewhere? I would try to go in between somewhere. I you know, want to get far enough that you know whatever. I mean, I realize that the city isn't going to have a whole lot of light pollution once you get a, you know, a mile or two out of the gates. It's going to be pretty well diminished. But I don't want to get so far that you know the light from the lighthouse itself really hinders me. So I'd say probably about halfway between the city and the lighthouse, I would try to find a good spot to set up camp. Okay, then. Uh, and would you stay on the road, or would you kind of go off the road just a little ways? Uh, I would go off the road, but... I would, I would probably keep it within hearing distance. Okay. So then, after walking for, uh, we'll call it a couple hours, um, you are able to get kind of in between uh, Port City and the uh, more southern and the western uh, Lights Grasp Lighthouse, and you are able to kind of set up a little. I don't want to call it a camp, but you know, you're able to get a bedroll out or a blanket or whatever you're using to sit upon and uh, the star chart out with you, and uh, would you have tried to procure a looking glass or anything like that before leaving? Not yet. Um, like I okay. said, I, I, want, I want to get kind of the, the, the broad overview of the sky, and, you know, it'll be later later ex expeditions I will try to pinpoint things a little bit better, but for now it's just, you know, kind of comparing the chart to the actual sky itself and 
and just, you know, feeling the stars more than, you know, seeing them. Okay, yeah, you're very easily able to kind of relax out there and, and observe, and while you're a little bit into the year, uh, it's not significant enough to completely throw off the map. Um, the season of planting would only be the second one in the year, because uh, the first month is the season of melting, um, and the planting is the uh, next month. So you would only be uh, about five, ten days um, from that first day of the year. So the stars are still pretty close in alignment. You're very easily able to uh, rotate the map in order to get it to line up a little bit better. All right. Uh, I'll just kind of start, you know, pull out some parchment, just kind of make some notes about the the major constellations and uh, kind of any noticeable relationships they have with with each other and really just kind of also paying attention to you know, not only the size of the constellation itself but the distance between the stars and just kind of the, just kind of get a, a, an overview of the mindset of the people who you know actually charted out these constellations because you know knowing that you know on earth some of the larger constellations the distances between the stars even as we see them is pretty significant you know, there, there, there's a lot of interpretation there just to kind of see how these people view the stars and what their, you know, kind of how, how imaginative they were when when they looked at them. And I think that really kind of helps me get into uh, a good, you know, just the more I can kind of see things from their point of view, I think it'll help me understand the way this world thinks and operates a little bit better while at the same time helping me kind of get a feel for the stars that they're looking for themselves. Okay, yeah, you're very easily able to make a few very quick, um, I don't want to say assumptions, but very quickly make some educated guesses on a lot of what they were doing. Um, The starscape in Arcadia is much more like what you see in those space pictures, those overexposed pictures where the sky is just full of millions of tiny little dots everywhere. It's a much, much more dense starscape, and a lot of that has to do simply with the amount of light pollution that's out there. Um, And the constellations, most of the stars are a little bit more connected, uh, so it's not, you know, five stars across as you hold your hand up and look at your hand. You know, you can't, you can cover the whole constellation with your hand in front of your face, but... um, you know, there's more than five or six stars. Most of the constellations would be made up of eight to twelve stars, um, and a lot of them represent the major ideas of, uh, I guess, the deities and whatnot that you know of. You see an hourglass that represents time and change. Um, you see the uh, hammer and the anvil shape that represents the uh, smiths and the creation. You see the tree that is in the sky that represents life and growth and nature. Uh, You see the sickle uh, in the air that, or in the sky that uh, is for harvest and prosperity and all of that. So you're able to note out, you can't see all of them um, being as you're not 100% familiar, but you're able to pick out at least 85% of the constellations off of the chart pretty easily uh, in this time. And now, now that I've kind of looked at all of those, now, uh, you know, depending on how much time is left before dawn, um, you know, even though I didn't bring a, a looking glass with me of any sort, um, 
y'all start to kind of focus on the areas in between the stars. Just see how dark it actually gets. Yeah, for the most part, um, you're not able to really see dark darkness. Uh, for the most part, it's fairly... I don't want to say luminescent, but it's it's fairly bright and dense with all these different stars. But uh, do you know any spells in the um, necromancy area? As of right now, I don't think I know any. Eh, let me double check. Where's my spells? In? Um, chill, uh, no, chill touch does necrotic damage. Okay, I'll say that that is close enough. Um, for it, so you would see. Let's see, the twentieth day of planting. Uh, so you would see almost. Uh, let me see what type of moon this would be. Uh, okay, you would see a kind of a crescent shape uh, in the um, kind of a crescent shape of darkness behind uh, the red and the white moon. Uh, there's three moons in this world. Uh, a kind of reddish-tinged moon, a white moon, and a third moon that very few can see, only those that have kind of the darker magic study um, within them. Uh, You can see that the white moon is about half um, way to full. Uh, You can see that the... or let me see. No, it would be... it would be waning, so it would be um, halfway to a new moon. Uh, you can see that the red moon is completely full right now, and you see a small sliver of blackness that you believe is probably the black moon, uh, and it is waning as well, and it is only a small, small sliver on the horizon. I will definitely make a note of that. Um, I'm going to guess that I had heard of the third moon, and this, and if this is the case, this was probably the first time that I had actually you know, because this is the first time I've really studied the night sky, probably the first time I've seen it. But I'll just make a note of where it is right now, what its, you know, what it, what its phase is, and and uh, uh, yeah, from there I think that's about all I'm gonna get out of this initial trip. But uh, I'll kind of go, you know, lay back and just you know, staring up at the sky, not so much looking for or at anything, but just to take it all in. I'll, I'll think about what uh, what Nemen mentioned as I was walking out, and you know the idea of an observatory, and that you know I've never heard anyone mention anything of the sort of around here. You know, no one. I've never heard anyone seem like they've taken a whole lot of interest in the stars beyond you know tracking them for magical purposes, or you know, you know, no, no one's really want. You know, doesn't seem like anyone has wanted to plot them out and really get to know them. I think that that might be something that I would want to do myself. Uh, you know, it probably wouldn't. Wa- I probably wouldn't do it here on Thalos, uh, just as it's a very populated island. Um, I would definitely try to find a remote island, or even conceivably make it a floating mobile observatory. But once again, these are just random ideas. But it's definitely something that I want to do. Is I want to build a place that studies the stars for the sake of studying the stars. Okay. So then would you spend the rest of the night here, or would you um, kind of make your way back to uh, the Mage's Guild in the pre-dawn hours? Uh, I figure since I'm already out here, 
I may as well just get whatever shut eye I can and uh, I'll head back into town once flight. Okay, yeah. After about a couple hours of sleep, you are awakened by the sound of birds and of a cart coming down that main road. So then you're able to get up very easily and uh, make your way into town. Uh, it is, of course, the kind of the beginning of the new week, the day of the beginnings. Uh, so you see that everybody is out and about. Um, markets are opening, and it is very, very busy as you walk back towards the Mages Guild. Uh, you do notice that there is a bakery as you're going by, and one of the uh, individuals there sees your mage robes and sees that you were obviously out all night and uh, tosses you a sweet roll or something. Uh, as you walk by, uh, kind of back towards the Mage's Guild. I was like, don't worry, no one will steal my sweet roll. <laughs> I was waiting for the reference. All right, so then uh, would you head back to the Mage's Guild and catch some more shut-eye, or would you kind of try and be productive and make something of the day, even though it's very early? Um, let me see how tired I am. I am actually, for whatever reason, feeling quite chipper after spending the night um, um, under the open sky. And so I will head back to the Mages Guild and get uh, get me some fresh parchment, a fresh ink pot, and just really start going going in on on these ideas for this observatory. I'm, I'm, you know, having a goal, you know, for, the, for, for so long living here, you know, I just kind of resigned myself to being a part of just general daily life and just kind of going with the flow and whatever happens, happens. But now that I actually have an idea for something that I want to accomplish, you know, it just kind of filled me with that, that, that energy that you get when you've got a big project and, you know, something that you know is going to be, you know, very easily could be a defining moment for your life and something that you're very much going to put, you know, all of your spare time, effort and energy into it's better to start now than later, so uh, I will honestly probably uh, do what I can to start off by copying off the general star chart into one of my own parchments so that I can return Nemitz to hers, uh, to the uh, to the divination school, and then start uh, just fiddling around with some formulas, you know, figuring out kind of where the best places might possibly be for an observatory, as well as start scribbling down ideas and designs for larger telescopes that could potentially, you know, bring the stars closer than they've ever been. Okay, go ahead and roll me. Would you try and do a, uh, while you're copying the star chart out, would you try and do any kind of, would you try and use your magic to help make it even more precise, or would you do it simply the very mundane, tracing it out and all of that kind of thing? Um... It would. I would probably start out just, just you know, copying it, looking at you know, kind of what I'm doing on the chart itself and what I'm drawing, but also making any corrections that I can from just what I remembered seeing. Okay, go ahead. Since I, I, I like to add a little bit of flared flavor into this, so go ahead and because your magic is so closely related to the stars itself, go ahead and roll me an Arcana check as your magic begins to bubble up kind of below the surface a little bit. <laughs> no, that is a five. That is a five. You begin to feel your hand kind of start to move on its own, and it's it begins plotting out stars that you thought 
you remembered, but weren't quite sure. And uh, but then all of a sudden it, it ends, and you are not able to kind of draw on the magic to finish it. Uh, you do through mundane means, though. Uh, finish copying it with relative ease and speed uh, before uh, they end the e- uh, before they uh, quit serving breakfast in the morning. So you're still able to get that done at a reasonable time. Right. I will then return the the chart that I borrowed, seeing as how uh, I've now got my own. And uh, from there, I think I know that this isn't going to be you know a couple weeks type thing. You know, it's going to take years. To, to, to get what I need to, to build my fortress of solitude and my portal to the to, to the sky. So uh, slow and steady wins the race, but it's going to be continuous, slow and steady. Um, so I guess from there, uh, my best bet is probably to just do more celestial studies. Okay, so then would you go down to the library or anything like that, or would you try to find... Um, a scholar of sorts of the stars and whatnot. What, how would you go about studying? Um, actually, what I would probably do is, having seen it, um, I might go see if Master Eldari is in the training halls and ask him about the Blackbird. Okay, yeah. Uh, you're very easily able to find him, um, encouraging some younger student uh, who is practicing uh, taking smaller firebolt spells on one of his shields. Uh, he sees you, and uh, after giving a last little bit of instruction, he approaches and asks how he can help you today. It's good to see you again. I said, well, I was uh, out south of town, kind of out towards the, uh, the, the, the lighthouses, doing a little stargazing last night and uh, what can you tell me about the Blackbird? When you first mentioned that you were out by the lighthouses his eyes got a little bit big, especially since you said it was at night um, but uh, he mentions, oh you mustn't have gone all the way there that's a that's a good thing uh, it worried me for a moment uh, the Black Moon, yes, that is uh, the third moon, uh, the, the hole in the sky uh most people can't see it. It's only those of us with magic that practice spells that are not the most helpful of spells, let's say. The darker arts uh, is what they used to call it uh, back when everybody was ignorant of magic. Uh, but uh, it just basically means that the magic that flows through that moon kind of as a channel uh, is not on the positive side of the necromancy scale. It is the negative necromancy uh, that is affected by that. Okay. I was say, I, I, it seemed like that was the only truly dark spot in the sky that I saw. Yes, for the most part it is. Uh, you can occasionally, depending on the time of year, see um, some different smaller holes in the sky, for lack of a better term. But for the most part, the Black Moon would be the darkest point. Uh, it is, of course, mainly a... Uh, I don't want to call it an illusion, but uh, the sky is still bright behind where that moon is. Uh, it's just the moon is puts off a black-type uh, light, for lack of a better term, and uh, it, it appears to be the darkest spot in the sky. Okay, that's about the... Uh, like I said, you know, having just... But- 
knowing that my interest was just purely academic and that you know, I'm not trying to do anything special with it, I'll uh, I'll thank him for his input, and I'll definitely make a note about the other holes, quote unquote, holes in the sky that he mentioned, because those are going to be of significant interest to me. Okay. Anything else you'd like to do then before going on your way, or what would you do from here? Um, I, I, I'll probably head back to the divination area uh, to give Nevin her scroll back, and maybe ask her, maybe ask her about you know some of the more void areas of the night sky and see if she, just as a divinator, if she knows anything about them. Okay, yeah. Once again, as you go to open up that door, uh, this time a different individual. A, uh, let's see, a woman that has uh, fox ears, it looks like, uh, answers the door, and she says... Before she says anything, I'll be like, Kitsune! <laughs> she, you see kind of a tail flick and irritation behind her, and she says, yes, I am a Kitsune, that's what a lot of them say, and I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Nemen is in her office, you know where to go. And I was like, thank you, and I'm sorry, and thank you. She kind of waves, you know, she doesn't really turn around to look at you. She just kind of waves over her shoulder as she exits the divination area. And, uh, yeah, so then, having been told where to go by a fox lady, I'm going to go where the fox lady told me to go. Okay. Uh, Nemet opens the door as you go to a pro, right as you're about to knock, uh, opens the door. And says, yes, come in, come in. I was just getting tea started. I knew you were coming. Ooh, I like I'm glad to hear that. And she pours you a cup and uh, sets it in front of you. Uh, If you do any kind of sugar or cream or anything in your tea, she would add it before setting it down, uh, exactly like you would drink it, uh, which is a little bit off to you as well. I'm just going to pull a page from Douglas Adams' book (laughs) and... uh, pour the milk in before the tea so it doesn't get scalded. Okay, good idea. Um, She then uh, would sit down and she would say, oh, I'll take that map back. I'm glad you were able to make a successful copy. Didn't want to keep what was not mine longer than I had to. And she reaches out, takes it, and with a mage hand spell, returns it to its place on the shelf. I say thank you for letting me borrow that. It was uh, of great use to me. Okay, she says, you are very welcome. I'm always happy to help one learn. Now, you have a number of questions for me. I don't know what order you will ask them, so please ask them and we will continue this conversation. Um, I think, uh, you know, having, after talking to uh, Aldari, uh, just, once again, purely as an academic interest, nothing more. Um, just what a divinator's opinion of the, or a diviner's opinion of the Black Moon. We deal very little with the Black Moon, or at least we try not to any more than we have to. Uh, Unfortunately, the School of Divination and the School of Necromancy rarely cross paths for good reasons. Uh, The only time we really look that direction or use that moon for any kind of divining is when there is some sort of necromancer that is pulling upon its power and we need to locate them. Uh, It's rarely for good means, obviously. Uh, other than that, the black moon is just a source of power, as are the red and the white moons. Uh, the spells channel through them, just as most of ours are channeled through the red moon. Uh, being divi- or being diviners, most of our magic comes from knowing things, and knowledge, by its purest sense, is neutral in nature. 
Um, then I'll just kind of ask, do you ever pay attention to the areas of the sky that don't have stars? Unfortunately, these days, I'm rarely able to leave my tower, or I'm rarely able to leave this room. Uh, there's too much going on, too much to know. So I rarely get a chance to look out, but I see it through the eyes of others, and I know that there are black spots where there are no stars, but I do not know if that has always been that way, or if this is a recent development, or if they're newer or or not. Uh, unfortunately, I, I deal less and less with the astrological as much as I do with the uh, metaphysical, I guess. My heart leaps for you. No, no one should be separated from the stars that long. I agree with you completely, and hopefully once all this mess settles out, which we see it will end one way or the other soon, uh, and soon, not unfortunately, not in my lifetime, but uh, hopefully it will end soon enough that others will be able to go out and enjoy the stars to their fullest. Um, other than that, uh, I'll ask her about the methods that the diviners use to track the movements of the stars. Okay, uh, she would bring out a large book, and in this book there are several different, I don't want to call them like facility names, but there are several different locations listed on it of what each of these different places holds. Uh, one of them you recognize immediately as the Farsight Tower, which is right by Silverleaf. Um, you would know that that is one place of great divination. Um, you would also know that within the Sunken Isles, you would see the uh, small map with the Sunken Isles and uh, two main marks on it, the Tower of High Wizardry and the Tower of Unclouded Vision. And then the final... Um, marking would be in the float aisles, which you are fairly familiar with as well. Uh, and it would be marked in the location where Vorti is. Um, and you would see it was originally marked right in the center where Unity Hold used to be. But um, the, that has since been kind of crossed off, and now Vorti is marked uh, in that book. Uh, she would say, uh, she would explain to you that those would be the main places that they do their what they call high divining uh, where they fully entrance uh, large circles of diviners to get the most accurate and the furthest thrown visions um, they deal less with the stars as far as tracking and more with reading the signs within those stars um, but she would say that those would be kind of the best places to find out about what they know as far as uh, astrology and whatnot would be in one of those locations. Um, other than that, the only real tracking that she does would be through signs. So she can go back and look through divi uh, divinations that she has done and tell you what signs she saw in the stars, but not necessarily differences between the stars, you know, years ahead of time in position. It would be more what the stars showed. I will thank her for her time. Uh, they said I'm not really all that interested in divination in and of itself. Just, it seemed like this was a good place to start in learning about the celestial landscape. Yes, yeah, she does thank you for coming, 
and uh, tells you to not summon any more Hot Pockets that aren't going to be eaten, as the last individual that ate one ended up spending the last two days uh, in the latrine, and uh, the next sorry individual that ate that burnt one you su- uh, summoned will be in the uh, latrine for another day yet. Maybe I should... You want a hot pocket? <laughs> she tells you that uh, she unfortunately is not a dwarf and does not have the constitution to resist poisoning like that. <laughs> I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, honestly, even more I'm from, no one is. <laughs> We're gonna get all the hate mail from Hot Pocket. I'm waiting for it. Now, to be fair, I, I, uh, Hot Pockets, you know, the, I actually do enjoy your products from time to time. So, uh, please, please don't, don't, don't sue us for slander and libel. Exactly. I think we're okay. I've made enough Taco Bell references that I think we'll be alright from, uh, Hot Pocket as well. <laughs> alright, so where would you go from here, then? It would be, um, let's say, mid-afternoon, you know, one, two o'clock in the afternoon, uh, probably at this point. Um, at this point... You know, I've kind of made a note of some of these places where I get a feeling that, that, that towers are good places to just kind of... Actually, now I think I'm going to uh, start uh, taking a little bit more interest in something a little closer to home, and uh, I'm going to do a little geography studies. Okay, yeah. Uh, you are very easily able to locate uh, within the library current maps as well as past maps going back as far as they can. Um, with the structures of the islands, uh, the cities within them, uh, all of that kind of stuff, where the major powers are, both political and um, uh, through, like, warfare and whatnot, what uh, areas are in power, some of the major battles and major occurrences that have happened, um, all that kind of shaped the landscape. Excellent. Uh, how, How accurate are these maps topographically? They would be pretty darn accurate. Um, there's enough creatures out there that can fly, uh, and with diviners and everything else, the maps are pretty spot on. Uh, they would, of course, be a couple years old at least, but uh, other than that, they would be be very accurate. All right, so I'll start uh, just kind of as I'm going through making notes of where some of the more prominent mountain ranges are, uh, especially the ones closer to. Uh, where, where I'm going to guess the the the, the uh, planet's equator is, and oh. just kind of make, note those as strong potential starting points for uh, for ob- observatories. And if after going through them, nothing really seems to feel right, then uh, I will start uh, taking an uh, oce- oce- oceanic view of things. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you are very easily able to find kind of the equator on the planet. And uh, the most prominent mountain ranges close to there would be the far uh, northern tip of the Fire Isles. um, And then on the Kang Isles, clear on the other side of the world, basically, would be the only other real mountain range you'd be able to access kind of on the equator. Everything else in the middle... Uh, is dominated by the Mana Storm, uh, which you know very little about, but you can tell already, judging by the fact that every single map that you have seen has just a black spot of roiling, horrific figures uh, drawn in, 
that it's probably not a safe or uh, tourist-friendly locale. Duly noted on that. So, uh, knowing that that uh, I'm not planning on just stopping off globe trotting right now, is I've only got like 230 gold to my name, so that's nowhere near anywhere to start. Just you know, I think I think now is about the time that I turn my bedroom into one of those uh, you know creepy conspiracy theorists <laughs> layers with like the bulletin board with the strings going every which way. Yes. I saw that on Criminal Minds. Yep. So basically, it's just you know, in the in the middle of one of the walls, I'm just going to put a picture of a, a really rough sketch picture of an observatory, and just have a string that goes up to one corner that says mountains question mark, and then kind of down from that a little thing that says equator, you know, you know, equatorial, and then kind of a, another string kind of leading off from either of those. It's like. You know, perhaps floating, and then you just another couple strings that don't lead to anything, but that I know are going to be needing something until until the point that if someone walks into my room, they're going to think I'm a Batman. <laughs> okay. Yes, um, you can already uh, tell that uh, a lot of the servants and whatnot are going to call in sick on the day that they have to clean your rooms. Um, and, I, and I will just put a big. Yeah, big, big, uh, like uh, 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 up, up above it. I'm just gonna put a banner that says, "Yo, know, please do not touch." Very important, important. Wizard fight. Okay, uh, I, I don't know that I'm not a wizard. Gotcha. Yeah, they're they're gonna. Uh, you gotta be careful. You're getting kind of a uh, not a great reputation with all the star signs and all that kind of stuff up there, as far as the constellations. Uh, and your reputation now is being kind of a, uh, a crazy individual. They might end up start calling you the Zodiac Killer if you aren't careful. That's like, what do you know of the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> exactly. All right, then. So uh, we would then be approaching the late evening of the uh, night of the 21st. Anything else you would like to do before uh, you call it a night? Um, so what if I had to lately. I I think I'm going to go in to the kitchen with something very specific for supper. Okay. And I'm going to gloat over everybody as I eat this thing. Um, this is a shout out to one of my favorite places to eat in Hattiesburg when I live there. Just because I have to do this. I was talking about it earlier with a friend of mine. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a cheeseburger of sorts. It's about a half a pound of, of just ground beef with uh, a couple of slices of, of American and cheddar cheese on it. And then uh, dumped on top of that is about a half a pot of macaroni cheese <laughs> and four slices of bacon. And then instead of the usual sourdough bun, the, the bun is actually two grilled cheese sandwiches. Good lord. You see it begin to manifest uh, in this alcove. And you see then the alcove has to actually expand a little bit in order to fit this entire thing in it, uh, which it does. And uh, it lands there with a very resounding thud. And I will go and sit down at one of the tables in the middle of everybody and enjoy my mugshots mac and cheeseburger. <laughs> okay. And on that delicious note, thank you for making me hungry. We will go ahead and end this evening's adventure. All right. Thank you very much, Micah. Uh, do you want to continue? I see Brayden's on now, so if you wanted to do anything those last two days, Brayden, you can say hi now if you like. Um, if you'd like to do anything, hello. hello. Uh, if you 
if you guys want to do anything small group, you're more than welcome to, Braden. We'd have two days to catch up on with you, but because um, he's on the 22nd now of planting and you're still on the 19th. But other than that, that would be about it. Let's go kill a lich. <laughs> I am in. Let me take five minutes real quick to uh, uh, go power grind. Exactly. You're hitting the LFR pretty hard looking for all those noob groups. Oh, geez. I'm I'm, I'm going to pull a a South Park. Remember the the World of Warcraft episode of South Park? Yeah. Where they just grind in the the, the starting areas on on rabbits for lots of UX speed. I'm just going to be doing that. That's epic. All the way to level 20. All the way to level 20. Exactly. That, which, that. which in World of Warcraft is all that far. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it, and since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.